You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I did want to circle back to the second line. Um, the, the combination and how you guys thought that looked. And just in general, obviously, Bertuzzi was, was there with Pasternak and Zaka. Um, which I think that's the first time that combination has ever been together because obviously Krejci is usually part of that equation um, on the check line. So uh, how did you think they played together? What do you like about what a line like that could look like um, with Bertuzzi on it? Obviously, they're not going to break up the check line if they um, don't have to for some reason, but just in the amount of time that you guys get to see it, what do you think? And do you think Bertuzzi is um, – finding his game a little bit more in Boston. You still think there's probably another level left. Cause I feel like he's, they still haven't found the perfect spot for him, but he's looked, he's looked good on every line. He just hasn't been able to get that goal. Yeah. I mean, I think the best spot so far has clearly been with Coyle and Frederick and, you know, obviously the only reason they split that up is because Krejci's out. So someone's going to move up. Um, I would expect him to get more time with, with Coyle and Frederick and, you know, really the interesting discussion becomes when Taylor Hall returns, what do you do? Because Taylor Hall has started skating. He's been on the ice at Warrior. Um, you know, obviously the team was on the road, so there was no opportunity to like be with the, to join the team. We'll see if he gets on the ice with the team at any point this week. They're, you know, they're scheduled to have a couple more skates. I think they're practicing in full on Wednesday and possibly Friday as well. So um, you know, we'll see if he's on the ice and like a no contact Jersey at some point, or if it's still just skating on his own, which it might be for another week or so. So, um, because then the discussion becomes, okay, Taylor Hall, if he's healthy is going in. So is it Bertuzzi moves over to the right wing and you have Hall coil Bertuzzi and, you know, Frederick goes down to the fourth line for now, or, you know, what exactly does, that look like is one of Haller Bertuzzi on the fourth line, which isn't really, you know, a natural fit for those guys. Um, I don't think either one is really suited to the kind of heavy defensive zone shifts that Montgomery tends to give his fourth line. So that's, you know, for now, I like Bertuzzi with Coyle and, and Frederick. I think they were finding some chemistry, obviously, you know, I'm sure he still wants to score that first goal. And he's, as you mentioned earlier, he's been close. He, double doinks one off, you know, both posts, he kicks one in. Um, so, you know, that'll kind of be like a little bit of a monkey off his back. 
once he's able to do that. But otherwise, I, I think he's playing well. You know, I think, like I said, the, some of the setups he has to teammates in, in high danger areas, um, the way he puts pucks into good areas, just his passing in general. Uh, you know, I think he's been pretty good on the four check. He's not, you know, he's not the most physical player in the world in the sense of like hitting guys. Um, but I think he's definitely finding his game and, and playing better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, um, I think the last thing that needs to happen for him is just confidence and that's going to come with time with this team. And obviously a couple of goals going in that actually count will help that as well. I think there's more of a test nature to his game that hasn't really come out yet. And I think some of that also has to do with, he's trying to find his way in Boston and not be a detriment by taking dumb penalties. I think that kind of just comes out of his game naturally when he's on top of his game. Um, but as Scott mentioned, I mean, that's, you know, barring injury, that's just not a, a combination I think we'll see um, this year with Krejci in there. And as far as like what to do with Frederick, cause like, yeah, if Taylor Hall comes back, you know, it, it becomes a much more compelling situation when Nick Felino's healthy, right? Cause when Felino's healthy, now who are you taking out? If Taylor Hall comes back and Nick Felino's still out, well, you'll do you'll do Hall, Bertuzzi, and Coyle, and then you'll do Nosick with Hathaway on the right and Frederick on the left, and you'll just bounce Greer or Lauko out of the lineup because I don't see them sending Trent Frederick up to the ninth floor if Nick Felino's spot is still there to ha- to be had on the fourth line. You know what I mean? So I think that when Taylor Hall comes back, they'll keep Frederick in the lineup on that fourth line just to see how that new look third line would would appear, and then they'll kick that that can down the road as far as who would be the odd man out if and when. Felino's healthy, but if Felino's still out of the lineup, then Greer or Lauko would be the odd man out, in my opinion. I do think they they put Frederick on the fourth line. I think they like that look on the third line of like having that big body nature of of Hall and of of um Frederick and Coyle. But don't forget, like Taylor Hall's a puck possession guy too. He's a, he's a big boy out there, and Bertuzzi plays bigger than he is. So I think that's probably what you, what you would do. I don't know what the timeline is on Taylor Hall. I don't think anybody does. I don't know if you guys have any guesses. Obviously, if he's healthy, they like to try to get him into the lineup before playoff starts, which don't look now, but is like less than a month away, right? Or about a month away? Yeah, it's like April 14th is their last regular season game, I think, or right in that range. So, um, yeah, I would say about a month then because usually get some time off and then hit the hit the first round. Yeah, the thirteenth. Yeah. The thirteenth is 13th. their last regular season game at Montreal. So okay. Yeah, and there there won't be much time off because they're gonna start that weekend, uh, right after the April fifteenth, sixteenth. Okay, and that's a Thursday. So I think. So yeah, I mean, Bridget, I thought that that line looked good. I just didn't put much stock into it yesterday because I just knew it wasn't really a, a long term thing to be looking for. I guess if that makes any sense, but um, I'm. I'm really, I'm really curious to see how Bertuzzi, Hall, and Coyle would 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 fare. I mean, like Bertuzzi, Coyle, and Frederick is great. It's a great third line. It's up there, probably with the best in the league. But if Taylor Hall and Tyler Bertuzzi are on your third line wings, and they're on their game, I mean, that's just that's really stupid. And I mean that in a complimentary way. Like that's that is insane, insane depth and embarrassment of riches and i think that you know as as great as frederick's been he's not a former mvp in the league he's not a former first overall pick like there's he's gonna have to slide down to that fourth line and then from there you know he's gonna have to battle it out with hathaway and and felino and greer and guess what at this point we're talking 
we're not talking Wayne Gretzky. Like we're talking all guys that, you know, you know, I don't think your cup is your cup hopes are riding and dying on if Frederick is on your fourth line or if he's sitting. He's a great little player. He's having a great year, but, um, but yeah. Um, one thing I did want to bring up, bring up to you guys too, and, and Scott, you kind of brought up the power play and Lindholm on the on on uh, looking, getting things back in order at the top of the umbrella. Um, passed the next two goals this weekend, got him to forty eight on the year with about thirteen games or so left. Now, obviously. Pasternak is a 50 goal plus caliber player. He would have already eclipsed this uh, this milestone a couple of years ago had it not been for COVID interrupting him. I think he actually had 48 48 goals or 47 goals, yeah. something like that. It was, like it was 48. Of, it was so actually a pretty similar pace with like 12 games to go, right? Or 10 uh, games to go? Or... Yeah, I think. Pretty similar. Yeah, what did they finish at? 70 or 72 that year? So. Yeah, I think it was 70. So, yeah. I mean, he would have gotten 50 that year, but. I guess my question is, do you think that when he officially hits 50 this year, unless he has the quietest goal slump of his of his career, like, or outside of maybe his rookie year, um, do you think that him being the first Bruin to hit 50 since Kim Neely means officially means a lot to the organization and to Pasternak? Um, good question. I, I don't know. It's So one thing I did just think of is, when when COVID hit and it was clear like they weren't gonna be able to finish the season, I remember at the time if he was asked like you know, do you, are you disappointed like you won't be able to get to fifty, and he said he was more disappointed that he couldn't get to a hundred points because I think he was at like ninety six or something that year, um, and he said because you know because he takes a lot of pride in his playmaking too, and so the total package of the points meant more, um, so you know I'm sure if like fifty goals is is a great accomplishment and as you just said like it's been a long time since a Bruin has done it so I I think you know he will appreciate it but like I don't think he'll really let on a ton you know I, I think it'll be a lot of yeah we have you know bigger goals I have bigger goals all that but yeah to be the best Bruins goal scorer in almost 30 years like you got to take some personal pride in that that it, and he already was you know he doesn't need the 5-0 to you know to make that case or for that to be true, but it is, it does highlight like, okay, he really is doing something that this franchise hasn't seen in a while. And that is just a, a remarkable accomplishment in and of itself. Like we're in an era of higher scoring. Now goal scoring has been going up for the last, you know, almost better part of a decade, seven, eight years. And yet you're still only going to finish the season with a few guys who top 50. So it's still just a really impressive individual accomplishment. And, you know, and I do think he's also improved as a goal scorer. Like you, you see that with the goal yes Sunday where that's kind of step inside where, okay, a team is taking away his one timer from the left dot. We've seen that a lot more this year where he takes that extra step or two inside and risks it or snaps it on goal and is able to beat goalies that way. So, um, yeah, I think he's kind of diversified his his goal scoring and his offense as well, and that's a big reason that he's now tied for his career high and is going to break it, you know, barring something crazy. Yeah, and it was 95 points that he had that COVID year, um, yeah. and he has 93 now, so he's approaching that pretty quickly as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's obviously just a huge accomplishment. It's the season he's been having. It's not surprising that – you know, he's going to get there. Um, 
And I don't know, just in general, he's had such a, a good year. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get there like next game, like he could just have two goals and he's there. So <laughs> it could happen very, very soon. Um, and I don't think anyone would be completely surprised. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, I just, just good for him to get, to get to 50, um, for the first time in his career, but it's not going to be the last time I doubt. <laughs> No, definitely not. And, you know, you guys mentioned the pride he takes in reaching that 100-point marker. I mean, um, you see you see guys hit 100 points a lot where it's like, you know, um, whatever, 25 goals and 75 assists or whatever. I mean, I mean, Pasternak, the balance is pretty pretty remarkable, right? 48 goals, 45 assists as he stands today. So just to the pride he takes in being a playmaker like Scott talked about, it shows in the stat sheets as well. So just a very, very well-rounded um offensive player for sure um and we've talked about it in the past just the different ways he can score goals what, what makes him elite what makes him special and if he, you know now that we know he's here for another eight years um you know the the title for the the, the greatest goal scorer in the franchise's history 100 plus year history or actually 100 year next year history um that's pretty that's pretty damn cool that's very very special so uh he's on track to do that by career's end and so Really cool to get to watch him in his prime right now. Yeah. Was he twenty six right now? Right. Yeah, and I think I think I did the math when he signed the extension, or I think I actually did it like a little before that. But on an eight eight year deal, it's like basically if he averages like thirty six goals a year, he'll break Johnny Busick's franchise record by the end of this contract. Which speaks highly of 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 Chief too of Busick. Like that's. That's pretty crazy that you know what he was able to accomplish too back in back in the day as well. So I don't know how many years he played in Boston. Certainly, not, it won't when it's all not as many as Pasternak would will be at that point, right? At the end of his next contract, it will be what fifteen years he's played in Boston. Pasternak, well, it, how many years? He music's more. Oh, was he? 22, 23. Like he was in the twenties. So a lot, oh, a lot wow. of longevity there. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. Okay. Either way, I would take either one of them on my on my team. <laughs> cross out all cross all errors. <clears throat> um, Bridget, was there any other takeaways from the weekend that you wanted to go over? Um, I did want to talk about Fred, like Frederick, just for a second. Um, the fight that he had, and that the fact that he got like he was getting battered this weekend. He took, a, I think it was a stick to the chit, to the jaw, and he, that was bothering him for a little bit. Um, he got into a few mix-ups and one fight with Cousins that he kind of, Cousins got the early jump on him, and he took a bunch of punches right off the bat, but then he kind of turned it around and started winning that fight, but then they broke it up and he was really pissed um, because as soon as he started getting punches in, they, they stepped in between him. But um, just... How have you thought his physicality has been? I feel like he's playing his best hockey in both ways that he's being kind of a pest and um, doing what he does, which we already knew he could do, which is the fighting and the, you know, the toughness. And then he's also added the scoring. I feel like it's, we're watching him play the best hockey that he's played in his career. And, and he had goals in three straight games, which is the first time he's done that um, in his career as well. Yeah, he, he absolutely is playing the best hockey of his career. And just to clarify and abuse it, because I just looked it up, 21 years, 57 to 78. So, um, yeah, so on Frederick, 
I feel like pretty much all season, like this is what he's been doing is, you know, he's really broken out as a goal scorer. I think more than half of his career goals have been scored this season. Um, And yeah, he is still bringing physicality. He's not, and he's not being foolish about it. Like he's not just running around trying to drill guys. He's not taking bad penalties or anything like that. So that's also, you know, part of what he'll have to bring if he does end up on the fourth line, obviously, because I think especially the wings on that line, you know, Nosek is the center obviously is, you know, he can play physical as well and use his size, but he's really there more as like support kind of the safeguard, you know, he just kind of manages everything from the middle, but then like the wings, they want that attitude of like, you know, be an asshole to play against basically. Like that's. Oh, Pozo when... did try to fight Nosek in that Buffalo. Yeah. Game. True. I don't think Nosek wow. wanted much of it. But... No, I, yeah, I think we've seen that fighting is not Tomas Nosek's strength. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, whether it's Hathaway and Lauko, Greer, Felina, Fred, like whoever you want to put on that fourth line, the wings there are going to have, like they're going to be kind of the attitude of the team. You know, if you want to throw Clifton in on the back end as someone who brings some of that too, but it's, you know, for years it's been like, you know, how, how often did Bruce Cassidy talk about Brad Marsh and pulling guys into the fight with him? And, you know, he, he was the one who in a top line role who would sort of bring that. And now I think you're seeing that they have a bunch of these guys in the bottom six who can do that and are willing to do that. Um, and Frederick is, is certainly one of them and, you know, has done it quite a bit this year and is also producing offensively. I mean, who had Trent Frederick as a as a 20-goal guy going into the season? It's not out of the question for him. He's at 16 right now, and a Baker's dozen games to go. It really is not out of the question at all. So for him to be a 20-goal, 35, 37-point guy potentially this year is just is just, is really remarkable and uh good sign for the Bruins for the for the Bruins for the future that he's not that he's not a bust of a draft pick. And um I think there's stats to back up just how he stacks up against the rest of his draft class. He's actually doing pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty good compared to the rest of his uh, his class. So, yeah, it's impressive. And um, I mean, yeah, he's six. He's tied for six on the on the Bruins and goals goals scored. And you know, obviously, you know who the top four or five are going to be. It's Bergeron, Marchand, Pashnak, DeBrusque, Zaka's in there, and I think it's Hall and Frederick. Or I think Lindholm might be. No, Lindholm's not there. So Hall and Frederick are tied for six. So. Um, yeah, good on him. And yet here we are talking about a potential situation where he has to, you know, slide down in the lineup because that's just how much depth this team has this year. So it's just uh it's pretty, pretty remarkable. Um yeah, I mean the sky the sky's the limit for this Bruins team this year. I mean, as we as we get closer and closer to the playoffs here, it's kinda like I don't know. It really, it really is cup or bust this year for this team. And I know that that phrase is tossed around every year for, for one or two teams probably, but this Bruins team is more cup or bust than previous NHL teams were cup or bust. Like this is this, they, they, it's, it's, it's winner. It's winner fail for this team, which, which sucks for them because th- th- those are, it's impossible. It's like, okay, you follow through and you do that. And people are like, well, good. That's what you should have done. You know, and anything short of that, it's like, you're the biggest choke artist in the world. So it's a really tough situation for them to be in. But it's the bed that they've made for themselves because they've they've been that good. That's it's the standard that they've set, right? Yeah, and and you know we've brought up before, but like it's also just a once in a generation situation where you have your top two centers signed for four million dollars, and they're still 
as good as they are. Like that's it. That is a big part of what has allowed you to be easily the deepest team in the NHL. And one of the deepest teams we've seen in a long time, Um, you know, you give Sweeney credit for making the right moves to add to that depth, you know, getting Zaka and Orlov and Bertuzzi and Hathaway, what he's brought. Like, yes, you've also had to hit on getting the right depth pieces with that extra money you have and with the trades you make, but you're in a situation to be able to do that because of what Bergeron and Krejci have done for your team. And every other team would absolutely kill to be in that kind of situation where you have two players of that caliber signed for that little money and look at it, look at it and go, wow, look at what this allows us to do on our third line, fourth line on, you know, our top four defensemen and all that. Like it, it's, and you're not going to have that going forward. Like you're going to run into cap issues next year. You have too many free agents. You don't know what Bergeron and Krejci's status is. It doesn't mean, you know, you're totally falling out of it. Like you can still, there's absolutely multiple paths where they still have a very competitive team next year, but it unquestionably will not be as deep as this one. So yes, like you, you want to really take advantage of this and make the most of it because you are the best team, the cup, you know, you are easily the favorite to win the cup. Um, We know there are things that can happen that are, are out of their control. If David Pasenak and Charlie McAvoy go down in the first two games of round one, I mean, you throw your hands up and go, whatever. Like, there was just nothing we could do about that. But if you stay relatively healthy, like, yes, they should beat anyone in a seven-game series. So, um, yeah, it puts a lot of pressure to say cup or bust, but that's what it is. And they've they've embraced that, I think. Like, they've talked about how it's a special season. They know what their goals are. They don't care about these regular season records. So, you know, they, they, they know what it is. Like, they're not... I don't think they're feeling that pressure or, you know, are going to crumble under it or anything like that. I think they, they know what it is and they, they're kind of, they've embraced being that team, being the one that has the target on their back all year. 